Greetings, Renewal family. Originally, we had planned on resuming our study through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, in fact, we had recorded the service, but in light of uh, the sudden and completely unexpected passing of our brother David, um, we decided to pivot. And so I'll be sharing a, a word from 1 Thessalonians, uh, starting in chapter 4, verse 13. And I'm going to read through 515. Um, and I believe that this is a, a text that is very relevant for us right now as we grieve the loss of our brother and as we begin this new year together. Um, certainly not in the way that I had anticipated beginning this new year. But let's turn to the word together. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, and we'll read through 515. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore encourage one another with these words. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light. Children of the day, we are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, to esteem them highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? And let's ask the Lord to bless the preaching of his word. Lord Jesus, we come to you with hearts of shock and hearts that are heavy, grieving the loss of our brother David at the start of this new year, which has already been such a difficult year. 
And so, Lord, we come before you needing to hear from you, needing the comfort and the hope that are found in Christ alone. So would you direct us to yourself by your truth that we might see you clearly and hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the Apostle Paul in the book of Thessalonians is is writing because he's answering questions that were being raised amongst this congregation, uh, specifically questions concerning death and the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul had taught them about Christ's first coming, of course, which we just celebrated, uh, but Paul also taught them about the second coming and the reality that Jesus will indeed return. But on this topic, there were lots of questions that people had, questions that were swirling uh, with regard to the dynamics of what happens when Jesus returns. Uh, Have the people that have already died, do uh, do they have a a different experience than the people who will be alive when Jesus returns? Are are they going to be on two different tracks, so to speak, and have different experiences for the people that died? Um, Will they be raised with a new body, or are they just going to be disembodied souls? Right. These are the types of questions that the Apostle Paul sets out to answer specifically in our passage today. And so he addresses these questions in particular in verses 13 through 18, uh, I'm sorry, 13 through 14. Again, he says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Here we find these powerful, tremendous words of comfort. Jesus died and rose again. Fact. And for all who trust in him, though we may still and we will physically die, like Jesus, we will be raised again. Not just soul, but body and soul. Our souls upon death, our souls immediately go to be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, If you remember when Jesus was crucified and he was hanging between two criminals, uh, one of them put his trust in Jesus and Jesus tells him this promise. He says, I tell you the truth, today, today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, And so Jesus gave him that guarantee that Upon his death and Jesus's, that today, he says, you will be with me in paradise. Our souls, in other words, immediately go to be in the presence of the Lord. However, as you and I know, our bodies are still buried in the ground. But what Paul is making clear in this passage is that when Jesus returns... Those who have died and whose bodies have been buried, their bodies will be raised and they will receive resurrection bodies. And those who are still alive, that they will immediately be transformed and given resurrection bodies. And as Paul writes, uh, together, it says, we will always be with the Lord. And he writes, encourage one another with these words. Renewal family, this is the glorious truth, the truth that I want to encourage you with this morning.
death is horrible. Death is so painful and it is entirely appropriate that we grieve. I know I am. Yet Paul says, because of the truth of the gospel, because of who Jesus is and what he has done, we are not to grieve as those who have no hope. There are a lot of people in this world who don't believe in God, who believe that everything exists by chance, by purely natural forces. Everything came to just be by accident. And if that's true, which we don't believe it is, but if you believe that's true, there is no hope after death. Everything started by accident um, and everything will end one day, just like that. It will all simply end and there will have been no meaning in it. But that is not what we believe. And that is not what we believe to be true. Do you hear what Paul says of those who died? Do you notice the term that he uses to describe those who have died and have put their trust in Jesus? He says they have fallen asleep. They have fallen asleep. You know, uh, when you're going to bed, um, when you go to sleep, you don't say goodbye. You say good night, right? You don't say goodbye when you go to sleep. You say good night because you know the night will pass and you will see each other again when the sun rises. Likewise, though death may painfully separate us for some time, and that time of separation hurts bad and we grieve. But those who trust in Jesus Christ can certainly grieve with hope because all of us, all of us will rise with the sun. And I mean S-O-N, Jesus. We will rise and we will see each other again. We will see him and we will see each other face to face. This is a truth that I know our dear brother Dave fully believed, fully believed and fully understood. And I know this because I spoke with him immediately after he had his initial heart attack. His heart had in fact stopped twice. And as he was explaining what it was like and what he was feeling, he emphatically told me, he emphatically said to me, you know, I wasn't scared. I'm just being honest. I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared at all is exactly what he told me. Because our brother knew and believed that the Lord Jesus Christ held his life, held him in life and in death. And he holds him now. As Paul writes in verse 18, may we all find encouragement and may we encourage each other with these words. Now, having addressed these 
questions regarding death in light of Jesus' return. Paul then turns to address how to live in light of Christ's return. There were those who were obsessed with uh, knowing and trying to figure out the timing of Jesus's return. There was all kinds of debate and speculation, people trying to predict his return. And so the Apostle Paul writes in verse 2, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Thieves don't give you a heads up about when they're coming or else they wouldn't be very good thieves. They're unpredictable. The time of their break-in is unpredictable. So, likewise, Paul tells the Thessalonians, don't spend your time and energy trying to figure out when Jesus is going to return. Don't spend so much energy on the when. Rather, spend energy on the how. How will you live in light of the fact that Christ is returning? Because nobody knows when he's going to come back. Spend your energy on how you're going to live in light of the fact that he's coming back. And so he writes in verses 4 to 7, You are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. He's saying the timing of Jesus' return is uncertain, but the fact that he's coming again is certain. So believers, live in such a way that reflects this. Live in such a way that reflects Jesus is returning. Not living, not living as if you're still in the dark about ultimate realities. Living as if this life is it investing our time and our energy and our money on purely fleeting things and earthly concerns and priorities. But rather, Paul says, wake up, sober up, live in light of the fact that Jesus is alive, He is our Savior, He is Lord. And we are to spend this life not making much of ourselves, but making much of Jesus until he returns or until we go and see him. And is this not a timely and relevant word as we begin this new year? As individuals and as a church, in a sense, we can find Three resolutions for this new year, ready made for you right here. Verse 8, Paul writes, Since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. In humble reliance upon the Lord, can I encourage us to commit to cultivating these very attributes, more faith, more hope, more love in our lives for 2021. A very practical way to cultivate faith in your life is to spend more time in the Word of God, more time studying the Scriptures, studying His Word so that 
more and more your view of God, your view of yourself, your view of others and the world around you is shaped not by sight, not by what you see, but rather is shaped and informed by what God says, by his opinions, not yours. Cultivate hope by committing to a lifestyle of deeper repentance where we turn away from the things that we are tempted to put our hope in rather than Jesus and cultivate love. Cultivate love. Start in your own household with your own family, right there in your own house or or your roommates. You know, with, with more time spent together because of COVID, there is certainly more time to get into conflict. The more we're together, the more opportunities there are to become frustrated with each other and to become upset with one another. But I pray that we would all be reminded, even with the loss of our brother, our spiritual family member, David, I pray that we would be reminded of the preciousness of the time that we have with one another and that we would seek to cultivate love among each other. But Paul also gives very specific directions on how to cultivate love, not just in your own immediate household, but in the household of God, in the family of God, which is the church. And he writes this in verses 12 to 15. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. In other words, love the leaders of your church well. He continues, be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Can I encourage us, perhaps even this evening, pray through these things. Read through them slowly and then pray through them slowly and ask the Lord that he would make these things more and more true of us as individuals and as the community of Christ, that we would grow in love. I am so grateful for the fact that I had the opportunity to be in regular contact with David, actually throughout the COVID season and uh, certainly throughout the time of his hospitalization. The last time I spoke with David was 7 p.m. on Thursday, 6.58 to be exact, because I looked it up on my phone. It was New Year's Eve. It was the day before he passed. He called me immediately after he was discharged, or after he was discharged, and back at his apartment, and he called me to simply say thank you. He said, thanks for all the prayers and support And then he said, I'm so grateful to be part 
of the renewal community. I'm so thankful to be part of this community. During his hospitalization, we actually had to request people to to stop contacting him because he was getting bombarded with communication. He was getting so many messages and so many texts. He had asked uh, Megan, hey, can you just please let people know um, maybe we can communicate through a few of you because he was just getting bombarded. But I know he deeply appreciated it. Renewal, we are far from perfect. We have a lot of growing to do in loving each other well, starting with me. But I believe that the Lord is encouraging us through these final words that David shared with me. He is at work among us. We have as a community and we are growing in love in many, many ways. In spending time with Dave, um, you know, as a pastor, there were different ways I was just trying to encourage him and, and challenge him and just help him to grow in Christ. But I'll say this, as I think about him, he also helped me grow too. The very last thing he said to me before we hung up was, I love you, bro, and I'll talk to you later. And the reality is, I love you is not something a lot of men readily say to each other, though they should. But for those of us who knew Dave well, he had a really big heart. And his love encourages me to cultivate more love in my own life. And one day, as he said, I will see him again. I'll see him later. And I'm going to thank him on that day. Church, I know many of us are weary. You know, 2020 was a brutal year. And we are still feeling the after effects of it. Though we're past it, if you're like me, you still feel all the uh, impact of this past year. And as you're hearing me this morning, perhaps uh, this message of seeking to grow in these ways and making resolutions to cultivate more faith, hope, and love, perhaps you might mentally agree that that's good and right, but perhaps there's a part of you that just feels like, I have no energy to do that. Perhaps you just feel like, I don't want to make any resolutions this year. And, and this, me sharing these things almost feels like me just piling more things on. But let me close by directing us to these very important words in verse 24. The Apostle Paul writes, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. The Lord indeed calls us to grow in these ways. This is his will. But he doesn't leave us alone to try and accomplish this on our own, in our own strength and with our own ability and grit. 
I'm reminded of um, something I heard from a, a leader in our city, um, Reverend Dr. Bill Moore, who I had the privilege of meeting and connecting with. He's been a, a minister in the city for many decades, decades, um, just influential leader in especially the African-American community. And uh, one of the things I've heard him say, uh, and we had a good laugh about because it was so memorable, um, he always has sayings like this, but he said, if it's the Lord's will, he's got the bill. If it's the Lord's will, he's got the bill. And what he means by that is, if, if the Lord wills us to do something, he's going to provide. Whatever he calls us to do, he's going to provide us what we need to do that very thing. And so church, can I encourage us as we start this new year, the Lord indeed wills that we would grow and cultivate faith, hope, and love in our lives. But we do it not on our own. The Lord helps. The Lord provides. The Lord promises that He will surely do it. The good work He began in us, He will bring about to completion. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that our brother David is with you enjoying your very presence at this time, free of the pain and suffering that all of us are still experiencing in this world. We thank you that he's with you. We pray for his family, and I pray for our church as we grieve this. Pray especially that his family would experience the comfort of Christ your very real presence and your very real comfort, a peace that surpasses understanding found in you. Would you bless his family first and foremost and his church family as we grieve this together? Would you bless us in that way? And God, as a church family, would you indeed, as we begin this new year, as Dave's life has encouraged us and in Dave's passing he speaks and sends us a message Lord would you help us to be a family that continues to cultivate love hope faith more and more that we would be a people who in light of knowing one day you will return that this life is so fleeting that, Lord, we would live not as people who are still in darkness, but we would live as those children of light that we are, cultivating faith, hope, and love. And in so doing, as we grow in these ways, this love would be reflected, especially to those who are not yet in the family of God. I pray for any of those who might be listening right now or watching, who do not know Christ, who have not put their trust in you yet, Jesus, I pray that perhaps even in this moment, you would open up their hearts and eyes to do so, so that they too would experience a tremendous comfort that this world cannot provide. To know what it is to certainly grieve in loss, but grieve with an unshakable living hope. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me invite us to close in song.